Interface is a leading provider and local manufacturer of flooring solutions and global leader in sustainability. They recently achieved a carbon negative milestone, launching the world's first carbon negative carpet tile. Interface has been leading the way by reducing the carbon footprint of their products and manufacturing processes for more than two decades because only by working together with designers, engineers and scientists can we make the changes required to reverse global warming. And today we welcome back a, a returning guest and one of our favourites, um, Aidan Mullen, Sustainability and Lean Manager from global flooring company Interface. Um, since we spoke last time, Aidan, um, a lot more has been um, said and written about waste in the circular economy. In fact, you know, it's becoming more and more, I think, um, I, how would I say, ubiquitous, well known in the, in the wider community. Um, if, if the, the recent TV program in the go by, um, this is something that you guys know a little bit about, I, I think, just a little bit. Um, but before we get into into, the, uh, into that side of the story, as it were, can I ask from your perspective, do you think the built sector, as of today, 2021, is doing its fair share to minimise waste? Do you know that that is a, a good question? I think, in all fairness, we would see ourselves very much aligned, obviously, with the built environment because, you know, our products are supplied into that, that sector. And, you know, over the years, we've had great experience, particularly here in Sydney with the, uh, the Better Buildings Partnership, where the whole goal of that project was about diverting the, um, the fit-out wastes from landfill to try and find reuse, recycling uh, uh, solutions. And Interface was very much part of that because again, it, it fitted very much with, with our ethos of a circular economy. Remembering that we kicked off with our re-entry program way back in early 2000, where we saw our carpet as a raw material at end of life, not as a waste. And we always wanted to get that back and we developed the processes to do that. So very much, I think the built environment is, is focused on that, the diversion from landfill, not quite there as regards circular economy because a lot of the solutions for end of life tend to be downcycling at the moment. I'll give you an example. I mean, and this is not rebuilt really uh, environment, but if you look at crushed glass, I've heard people talk about this, using it as a road base, as an example of circular economy. When really at the end of the day, for me, it's just a long strip landfill with traffic lights by another name. It's not circular economy. We're taking a material that could be reused the way it was meant to be or, or to be upcycled in a better way. I think circular economy is really about retaining value. And if you can retain the value of your product, especially at the end of life and get that product back at the end of life, then that is true circular economy in our minds. It's very much like nature, that, that cyclical approach to doing things. Um, I think we have a lot more to do in the built environment uh, and particularly how we design our buildings and design uh, the materials that we put into it. Really, we should be thinking at the end of life, designing with disassembly in mind so we can take those back and reuse them uh, effectively and efficiently. Okay, okay, that's interesting something you said. Um, we're not doing enough, which I actually agree with you. Uh, and I think we could do a whole lot more. Can I ask... Do you think education perhaps is, is, is the issue here? Because with certain technologies, is not the problem. Um, and I, I, get, I guess even, you know, I don't think economics is the issue either because, I mean, a lot of this stuff, you're actually saving money. So is it education that, that, that we need to do more? Look, I, I think very much so. And I think it's about awareness. 
you know, when we actually purchase a product or, or, or build a building, are we really thinking about the materials that we're selecting to do that? You know, we're, we're in the sort of uh, the single use plastic uh, uh, economy, the, 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 the sort of textiles where you buy a T-shirt and dump it after a single use. Um, we're not really considering where this has come from. And at the end of the day, we're not aware of where it goes to because we're very efficient in removing that curbside waste, that skip full of construction waste and making it disappear. And it's not an issue when you don't know where that goes and when you don't know what the impacts are, then there's no real reason to do anything about it. So I, I agree with you totally. Education is a really big part of this and an awareness. And I, where I actually have hope for the future, I see this more and more in the generations that are coming through. I read somewhere that you, you said that this year we have to start loving carbon. Um, I believe carbon, in, depending on who you talk to, can be a very dirty word. Uh, uh, although, if you talk to a, 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 you know, a, an evolutionary biologist, carbon <laughs> is a building block of life. If you talk to you know, other people, it's, it's a pollutant. It's yes. devil incarnate. So tell me, um, Aidan, what do you mean by we should start loving carbon? Well, look, I mean, yeah, carbon comes in all shapes and forms. And the one type you didn't mention there was diamond. And I mean, that is, the old saying used to be, it was a, a girl's best friend. You know, carbon does come in every form. The only problem with carbon at the moment is that um, there's no issue with it. It's just in the wrong place. You know, and when I talk about this year is the year we should start loving carbon, I think we're in exciting times, Franco. I, I think we're seeing a green recovery. And the world finally seems to be aligning around the idea that to have a stable and safe planet, we need to reach zero emissions. So when I talk about loving carbon, I mean to see that as an opportunity, as a building block, as a material we can use rather than a challenge. Uh, and this is the approach we've actually taken to developing really low carbon footprint products, moving on to carbon neutral. And now this year, we're going to be introducing a carbon negative carpet tile cradle to gate. So you know, we know that the built environment is a big contributor to carbon in our atmosphere. We know that is the issue. Um, but it's really reassuring to see organizations like the GBCA presenting the Carbon Positive Roadmap, which focuses on embodied carbon or upfront carbon, as it's called, in the built environment. And we're also seeing big corporations like Microsoft aiming to be carbon negative by 2030. Google claiming its footprint is now carbon neutral. And even Apple targeting 2030 to get to zero. But, you know, uh, to your question, I think along with all the optimism comes a, a degree of cynicism. Many companies and even countries are using net zero to sort of justify expanding the production of fossil fuels um, while purchasing offsets to counter their business as usual emissions. You know, an example would be an oil company that thinks it can claim to be carbon neutral by 2050 and still expand their operations to extract and refine fossil fuels. You know, I, I, I like the, uh, the analogy that it was like a, a two-packet-day smoker claiming they were quitting because they're switching to filtered cigarettes. You know, I read that somewhere recently and I just thought, yep, that's the carbon we're talking about. That's the nasty. But we are putting it out there. We really are able to take that back. And that's, again, why we've actually gone off on our whole new goal and aim, and that's climate take-back. You know, it's, it's, it's really, you know, how do we get there? How do we actually get that carbon back from where it shouldn't be and put it somewhere it should be? Okay, so how do how do we actually get there? I mean, uh, you know, it, it, again, it depends on who you talk to. I mean, I've, talk, I've spoken to when we speak to people like the University of New South Wales, um, as you people you know, you know very well, like the New South Wales. Um, yes. To them, it's 
it's simple. I mean, it's, it's science, right? It's, it's all uh, just good old fashioned science. You talk to politicians or economists and it's like, you know, it, it, all of a sudden the complexity um, expands, you know, a hundredfold. So how do we get there? Do you know, uh, I think you probably hit the nail on the head there. there are, uh, it's about the science. It's about nature. You know, it's actually seeing the solutions rather than the issues and the problems. And I think that's what we see it as an opportunity. You know, you mentioned Vina there, Professor Vina from, from uh, the SMART department, UNSW. The, the things they are doing with circular economy and, and, and using the science to actually capture that carbon, lock it in and keep it locked in so it can be recycled over and over rather than producing big quantities of carbon that continually overload our atmosphere. So, you know, uh, the answer I think is, 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 can be pretty simple in a way, you know, first of all, it has to be a collective approach. Collaboration is a big key here. You mentioned circular economy earlier. I'm talking climate take back. In both cases, no one company, industry or country can do it. It has to be a collective will to do it and it has to be collaborative. So, you know, if you are talking about, for instance, taking climate back, addressing climate change, the big issue, hitting the, the it's called nasty carbon that's in the atmosphere. First of all, reduce your emissions. Take the carbon back through natural human-made carbon sinks and let nature do the rest. You know, help nature to do the rest. Uh, we tend to think that offsetting is a great thing, but without actually focusing on reducing our emissions or embodied carbon, offsetting alone isn't enough and we won't get there. Uh, and, and I firmly believe it is as simple as that. It's almost like a three-step approach. Uh, the science is there, the technology is there. It's a question of creating an environment where, where that can get moving and actually achieve real results. That then brings me to, to Interface's journey. And, and it's been a bit of an interesting journey, hasn't it? Like your journey toward uh, your, your road to carbon negativity. And by the way, before I go on, carbon negativity is the same as carbon positivity, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I am very glad you said that. Um, you know, here at Interface, we talk about carbon negative. Um, our really good friends in the GBCA talk about carbon positive, but it's a bit like, you know, tomato, tomato. Um, we, we won't call the whole thing off, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's the same thing. I yeah. suppose when we talk about carbon negative, we mean we're sequestering carbon and that the impact of our products are climate positive. You know, when all this talk about carbon positive, they're, do, they're actually saying the same thing. And I think therein lies another issue. As we go forward, we really need to clearly define what we mean by these terms so that your average person in the street can understand it and have confidence that the right thing's being done. So, yeah, good point. So in 1994, I believe, um, your CEO at the time, Ray Anderson, changed the direction of the company forever. And I believe, again, this might be urban myth, it was all from a customer's question about uh, something, something to, the, to the effect of, what are you doing for the environment? Um, you know, is that, I mean, what, was it that profound or, or has it, or, or, or was there a more planned, planned approach? Do you know it was that profound? And, you know, you might've asked earlier, what would some of the key drivers be to, to mobilize people into taking action on climate? Uh, and I, 
I always remember the expression, the pound in the pocket is, is really a good motivator. You know, that, that, that dollar in, in, in the back pocket. And Ray Anderson, you know, he saw every order as being a heartbeat. Every customer's order was a heartbeat for the company. And he actually lost the order from that customer who asked that question, what are you doing for the environment? And that's when he had to realize that he needed to change direction, but how he didn't know. And it's only when he got that book, The Ecology of Commerce, that was written by Paul Hawken, that Ray suddenly had this, what he called, spear in the chest epiphany. He could see that he was a plunderer of resources. Take, make, waste was his business model. He could see that, you know, if we keep going that way, we affect our climate. We have a species extinction. All the things we are talking about now, Ray Anderson, when he read that book back in 1994, that impacted him seriously for, for, for good. And he actually called it his mid-course correction where he changed the company around um, to actually introduce that whole Mission Zero plan to have zero impact on the environment by 2020. Now, Ray never lived to see that, but I would love to see what he, what I'd love him to see what we're doing now. I mean, in, in 2016, we were traveling so well against Mission Zero. We introduced our new goal, Climate Take Back. And, and, and on the back of that, the following year, we developed the first proof positive concept, carpet tile, which was the prototype for the first carbon negative tile uh, that we could show that carbon sequestration could be done within the manufacturing process to recreate products that were restorative. Because Ray, again, could see that you know, once you get to doing no harm, that's just not good enough. You have to start make good. You have to actually be restorative. And in 2018, we actually launched a product onto the market with a very low carbon footprint using that bio-based composite technology. And in the same year, we actually um, achieved substantial reductions in our carbon footprint and made all our products across their full life cycle carbon neutral. So really good success there, right up to the point in 2019. You know, again, if you're looking at a roadmap or a journey, 2019, we celebrated Mission Zero success. 2020, we were actually able to launch the first carbon negative cradle to gate product in the Americas. And this year in March in Australia here, we're going to do the same because we now have the ability to engineer the embodied carbon phase of the carbon life cycle to become negative. So that was sort of an overview of, of your road to carbon positivity. Um, mm -hmm. um, so basically what I, what I got, got from that, you know, you, you, you became the first global excuse me, a flooring manufacturer um, to sell all the products, uh, all your products rather, as, as carbon neutral across their entire life cycle. Um, I guess along the way you've learned a, a thing or two about the, about the business and the challenges. But let's talk about carbon positivity. Um, so you, you, you've got to, uh, to a point today. So where, where are you going now? Well, where we're going now is, is, is very straightforward. I mean, climate take back is, is, is the plan. Our aim is to be carbon negative as a company by 2040. Uh, and, and, we're, and we're showing that by, by what we're doing through innovation, uh, rethinking the materials that we're using in our backings, achieving that much lower carbon footprint, you know, moving away from the status quo towards carbon negative. So what we've done is we've really looked at new bio-based materials and recycled content. So it goes back to your point again, circular economy you know if there's materials out there we can take those back they have already been produced you use re renewable energy that means your footprint is going to be very very low uh, and again if you look at the materials we're using in our in our products on a standalone basis they're net carbon negative so they reduce our carbon footprint 
and as a result end up in the, the carbon negative backings we talk about. So, you know, we're really emulating nature again here because if we're using bio-based materials, these materials we work with would always release that unwanted carbon or de as decaying plants and trees do into the atmosphere. So we're collecting this and storing it within our backings and preventing its release. So again, you know, developing energy efficient, innovative manufacturing technology, coupled with using these materials, we're getting there. Uh, and we believe that this is a, a basically a template uh, that, that others can use as well. Interface is a leading provider and local manufacturer of flooring solutions and global leader in, in sustainability. They've recently achieved a carbon negative milestone, launching the world's first carbon negative carpet tile. Interface has been leading the way by reducing the carbon footprint of their products and manufacturing processes for more than two decades, because only by working together with designers, engineers and scientists can we make the changes required to reverse global warming. Are there examples of others that are, that are doing this? I suppose the first couple that come to mind are a couple of alcohol manufacturers uh, and, uh, and no, all, that's, no, that's, no jokes about being Irish, please. No, um, I was actually reading my mind. I thought, no, I'm not going to get into stereotypes, but, they are, <laughs> but there is a lot of alcohol coming here. And you know what? I have no problem with that. So, so That's okay. I think we, we, we all like to have a, 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 a wee dram now and then, as they say. But, you know, I mean, you, you get, like companies like, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a great little company in, in, in the UK called Brewdog, and, and they've gone carbon negative by, by switching over to renewable energy for all their breweries and bars. They, they take the leftover grain from that process and convert that into gas power. They use electric cars for all the deliveries. And according to them, they've planted a whole forest in Scotland to remove twice as much carbon from the atmosphere as they put in. Another company, you know, Airco uh, Volca, they have a patented technology that transforms, transforms carbon dioxide from the air into impurity-free alcohols. And then they actually be using spirits, fragrances, etc., etc. Clothing, you know, you got water-resistant clothing made from algae. Um, there's a green in the green building in, in, in the built environment, uh, Field and Clegg Bradley Studios. They designed a, an office building and calculated that the sequestered carbon within the building, uh, the timber, was sufficient to make up for all the emissions generated in construction, plus the first 60 years of the building's use. So, you know, we are not alone. It just so happens to be that. We are the first flooring company across the line with, with, with this. So you can see there's a tsunami of, of, of activity and action there, which gives real hope. Uh, which sort of counters my sort of cynicism about some of the other net zero claims that you'll hear out there in the market. So for us, this year uh, is our year to shine. You know, we, 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 we are really happy that we're actually going to be able to bring our products into the Australian market that are carbon negative. Uh, and and uh, I love the name of it, Embodied Beauty. You know, it's... Um, it's a less is more approach. It's inspired by nature. And as we say, it's designed to respect it. Um, you know, it's not too late to, to become an alcohol company. I'm just, just, just letting you know. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, so you're actually launching something right now, aren't you? Is that, is that right? That's exactly it. That product, Embodied Beauty, uh, this is what we call it. It's, it's one of a range of the sort of the, the, the backings that we've developed. We've developed backings that are bio-based, that are bio-based recycled content composites uh, and the range from having really much lower carbon footprint to negativity. So carbon negative from cradle to gate. So those products, again, again are, are going to be available in, in our market here in March. We released them last year in, in the Americas uh, and we're doing the rollout here at the end of March in Australia uh, and New Zealand. And as I say, you know, it's, 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 
I suppose, the spearhead of our drive towards a carbon negative future. Okay, so can we expand on that a bit? Um, that's a that sounds like a well, it almost sounds like you're having to re-engineer entire processes across the entire company. Um, how actually have you gone about this? Well, look, I suppose first of all, time. We we put a lot of time into this, and I think Branco, you know, going back again to Ray kicking off with Mission Zero. The one thing we started to do really was measure everything we did and really we started to realistically measure our inputs or our, our actually our impacts on, on the environment. That being the case, we started to identify processes and technologies that would allow us to take it step by step going towards um, a product that had less impact on, on the environment. So it's been a real driver. How we've done that is, is set a really a, a moonshot goal. You know, uh, Mission Zero was a moonshot goal. Climate take back is the Mars goal, if I want to just put it out there. Um, we have to go further. We have to become restorative. That is the goal that actually drives the innovation. That drives the re-engineering. You're absolutely correct. The carbon tile we produce now does not look very much like the tile that we produced 20, 25 years ago. You know, I don't know if anybody remembers the old horse hair, goat hair, uh, bitumen backed tile, you know, um, that was the, for the office of the future. I know we've got much slicker uh, materials. We actually identify materials that have low embodied carbon that can be recycled at the end of life. That means that once we lock that carbon in, we can take it back end of life and use it as raw material to make new, 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 new carbon. So the, the, the goal, the, the target has been inspirational. That's what's driven uh, uh, innovation. That's what's driven our, our, our goals towards 100% renewable energy globally. All our factories run on renewable electricity and renewable gas. This year in Australia, we're part of a project that is going to produce biomethane out there in Malabar uh, at the Sydney Water Facility. Uh, when it comes online in the new year, we'll be the first manufacturing facility, for instance, in Australia to run off renewable gas, renewable biomethane. And that's all driven by our ethos and by our goal to do no harm and actually to take climate back. You'll be the first, did you say? I, 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 I don't actually like saying that. Well, I do like saying that. Actually, it all sounds good saying I'm the first. Um, I, I, I don't believe that anyone else is going to be running off piped biomethane uh, by uh, 2022. Uh, and I think we will. That is um, a, that's an achievement. It, it is a great achievement. But it, I, again, this is not something that Interface has done on its own. This involves a lot of stakeholders. Uh, it involves government. It involves the network operators like Gemina have, have been very, very good on, on this and, and, and pushing to develop the technology to purify the biogas that's produced in a water treatment facility to a quality that could be injected into the mains. And then, of course, we have to look at the whole regulation of that going forward. So this is very much a pilot process uh, and, and we are part of that. Uh, and it's great that Interface is and, and we feel like we've been sort of in the driving seat with a few other key stakeholders for the last few years, and hopefully we'll get that over the line in 2022. As I guess you can't, you could say you're a trailblazer. Oh, the company is a trailblazer. Um, with that, with that comes both both opportunity and risk. Okay, but 
can I say, and I assume everything will go well, um, do you see with what you're doing, could it one day become the norm? Oh, absolutely. You, you know, uh, the, the re I give those other examples of companies that are, are, are using technology to sequester carbon, to, to take climate back, uh, and that is becoming the norm. People are starting to look, talk, net zero. You know, the day of, car, uh, of climate deniers, for instance, is gone. Um, our process, our, our product that we're actually releasing now, the, the Embodied Beauty Carbon Negative product, it's under patent, but that will become the norm. Uh, every other flooring manufacturer will go the same way. The same as when we started out, recycling wasn't a big issue. It wasn't a big deal. Nobody talked about recycled content. Nobody talked about carpet take back programs. Everybody's starting to do that now. You know, everyone looks, everyone is looking at the trends and everyone's saying, right, this is going to be the business as usual model going forward. It's going to be low embodied carbon. It's going to be a circular economy. And of course, health and well-being for human and planet is key. So it will become the norm, of course. So this is the whole, so this is a basically the whole supply chain, isn't it? And this is the, this is the missing, I guess the missing, I won't put in the link, but I guess the, the whole missing focus on, 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 on this whole process by that, you know, everyone, as you say, looks at one little slither or slice of, 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 the, of their product or process and then forgets everything around it. But this is the whole sort of supply chain, isn't it? It is indeed, Branko, and I think that's, that's key. You know, you have to rethink your whole supply chain. In fact, you have to develop a whole new supply chain. You know, when, when Ray, back in 1994, his, his vision was very simple. Cut that umbilical cord to the petrochemicals. We've got to look at products that already exist and use renewable energy to create new products. Otherwise, we're not going to be resilient. Otherwise, we don't have a future. And you have to actually go through your whole supply chain. It's, it's a whole new supply chain, and that's what happens. And, and we've had a lot of influence on that supply chain over the last 27 years. You know, it's now the norm that you will buy yarn for carpet that is 100% recycled content. That was influenced by us way back, you know. So it's, it's I, I absolutely agree with you. You just cannot take it for granted that these supply chains will remain the way they are forevermore. They're going to change, and that's going to change for all. So on the other end of the scale, there's a, I'm assuming that there's going to be a whole series of new products that come out, out of this as well, won't they? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is the first. Uh, and as I say, you know, as, as we get used to this and uh, we put a lot of investment into new, new facilities globally, um, we'll develop that product range. Uh, it won't just be carpet because we also provide all resilient floors, luxury vinyl tile, rubber flooring, sheet rubber flooring. Uh, and we're actually applying the same techniques that we've applied to our carpet to those products as well. So, you know, we, we hope to change the face of the flooring industry, uh, or at least to influence it. Uh, and others will see that, again, to the point you made earlier, it makes really good business sense. Uh, You've got to be profitable to be sustainable. And actually, it's a... It's a chicken and egg thing you know it's it's it just they just both go hand in hand okay so you say that 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 you you're hoping to influence influence the industry um but from what i from what i've read what i've heard from, from what you've said um you're actually going to set a standard right and mm -hmm. once you set that standard that either everyone everyone has to follow or basically they're on the outer so 
in that way, you actually are going to, or you, you, you probably will drag the rest of the industry back, perhaps some people more kicking and screaming than others, in, into a whole different sort of paradigm, don't you think? Uh, absolutely, and a paradigm is, is key. And, and I think, you know, subconsciously, we, we, we have seen which way the wind is going to blow. Uh, and we have seen that this is the way it has to be. And, and the people that will specify our products, the people that will be responsible for the built environment going forward can see this as well. And those are the people that actually drive the interfaces also. So, you know, we're not just out there on our own dreaming up sort of a, a better future for all. We can see what that future is along with a lot of others. And we're all part of it. And I think one of the key things, and I said it earlier, Franco, is that it's a collaborative exercise. You're achieving carbon net zero negativity as a collaborative exercise. So um, I wouldn't be as arrogant to say as that we are leading the charge. I'm going to leave everybody for dust. That's not the case. You know, we're part of a we're part of a, 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 a transition, a, a change. Uh, but in our industry, we're leading. It must it must feel good every morning to get up and go to work somewhere where you're actually where you, where you know that you're actually going to achieve some good and make some positive impact on what is really, let's face it, an, an insidious global problem. That's a good point. Uh, I mean, I'm a chemical engineer by profession. I started out in the petrochemical industry, um, moved through pharmaceuticals. I'm now with um, a, a fluorine company. Now, much as I love the fluorine, and uh, I've always said this, what really gets me out of bed is just what you touched on there. It's to be part of, of something that is doing good, you know, that, that is a, a force for change for the better. Uh, and that's really what gets me out of bed in the morning. That's why I'm really happy to be working with a company like Interface. Otherwise, I might get a job with BrewDog. <laughs> and you know what? I mean, not that I'm, not, not that I'm uh, you know, encouraging you to, uh, to <laughs> move roles or move jobs, but you know, getting a job with BrewDog wouldn't be the worst thing you could do in life, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You know, yeah, sampling the, the, the product there would be um, probably a little bit more refreshing. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, carpet beer. Um, there you go. Aidan Mullen, that was actually fascinating. Thank you. A, a pleasure as always, Branko, and um, I look forward to uh, wishing you all success in, 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 in architecture and design there and the Sustainability Alive event this year. Well, and I wish you success with your with your wonderfully named Embodied Beauty. Um, thank you very much for your time, Aidan Mullen, uh, the Sustainability and Lead, Lean Manager from Interface. Um, I hope, and I do believe, well, there'll be there'll be a, another a visit uh, for you for, for for our podcast. Um, until but until then, all the best. Take care and goodbye. Thank you, and safe weekend. Cheers, Franco. You've been listening to Talking Architecture and Design. Until next time, goodbye. Interface is a leading provider and local manufacturer of flooring solutions and global leader in, in sustainability. They recently achieved a carbon negative milestone, launching the world's first carbon negative carpet tile. Interface has been leading the way by reducing the carbon footprint of their products and manufacturing processes for more than two decades because only by working together with designers, engineers and scientists can we make the changes required to reverse global warming.